Welcome to the Get Over Divorce podcast, where you'll learn to get your power back, hold healthy boundaries, and become the confident, successful single woman who can find real lasting love yet. Divorce sucks, but the rest of your life doesn't have to. Let's create a life you love. I'm your host, relationship coach, Julie Danielson. Let's do this. Hey, Tribe Sisters. Okay, so the title of this podcast is meant to make you cringe a little. I called it Selfish is Sexy. But I promise you that by the end of this episode, you are going to 100% agree with me because we are going to redefine selfish. The dictionary defines selfish as people who do things without regard for others. But what if you could be selfish with regard for others yet you're making sure you're getting your own needs met. This is more like self-focused. So many women that I talk to have this one thing in common. They give and give and give of themselves. They did this in their marriage. They put everyone first, their kids, their husband, to the point of completely abandoning their own needs, their own self. They lose their sense of self along the way. They no longer do things for themselves, and they put everyone else first. These women are self-proclaimed people pleasers, and then they might chuckle a little. But this is not funny. This is serious. When you're always giving and giving and taking care of others, and you're not taking care of yourself and your needs, you end up seeking their approval. And if they're unable to give you the approval that you need, these women end up becoming resentful of the very people they love. When it's your husband you resent, it puts a giant wedge between you. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, it's very likely you know exactly what I'm talking about and you're nodding your head right now. And you know resentment is a relationship killer. So the cure for this, I'm going to get to it in just a moment, but I kind of want to go down a little rabbit hole for a second. I really want to break down for you the many ways this affects you as a person over the years. When you rely on approval outside of yourself, you're putting pressure on other people to make you feel good. You make them responsible for your feelings. So if you're not getting the approval and validation from your husband for a dinner well done, you might feel bad and make it mean that it's his fault that you feel bad. The reality is we are all responsible for our own feelings. When you don't manage your emotions well and you rely on other people to feel good, you might not get the response from them that you want and you might feel bad or angry or alone. You make your emotions their fault because they didn't give you the approval or the love or the attention that you wanted or whatever feeling it was that you were seeking. Not only is this unhealthy, but this type of behavior It will persist until you learn how to manage your emotions. And we're all responsible for how we feel. Granted, your ex can call you up and bitch you out for no reason. And let's just say he does. Let's say he gets on his soapbox and he tells you what a terrible mom you are. And he gives you 20 different reasons for why he thinks that's true. He is still not responsible for making you feel bad. 
I'm going to say that again. No matter what he says, he is still not responsible for making you feel bad. For one, if you sat there on the phone while he reamed you out with his verbal abuse and you didn't hang up the phone and you listened to everything that he said, your brain is going to process it in a way that might make you think that it's true. That is what made you feel bad. Your brain attached meaning to your ex reaming you out and your brain attached to the thought that it must be true. Or at least he thinks it's true and that must mean I'm a bad mom. The reality is for all the women that ever had to tolerate this, number one, You should always hang up the phone if that begins to happen because you teach people how you're willing to be treated and he had a captive audience with you. Hang up. Use the end button. And secondly, if your ex talks to you that way, you need to understand inside your mind that it's not about you. If you can make this tiny little switch in your brain and just think the thought that when your ex is yelling at you and calling you a terrible mother... If you can tell yourself he's a mean person and crazy, you effectively make his rant about him and you no longer make it mean anything about you. It's really about his behavior, not yours. When you're able to make that tiny little switch of thinking from it's about you to it's actually him and about his bad behavior, What happens is his rant only serves to prove what a jerk he is and how grateful you could be for no longer being married to him. Now, I know it sounds like some hypnotherapy magic or something, but you do have this ability to change how you think and process things. And your thoughts are what create your feelings. It's not the person. It's your thoughts about the person or the situation that is creating your emotions. Now, let's get back to selfish because I do like to define selfish as being self-focused. We all need more of that. We are all responsible for getting our own needs met, whether you're in a relationship or not. When we take personal responsibility for getting our needs met, that means we are whole and healthy emotionally. We're making goals. We We're setting our goals, our wants, needs, and desires become a priority in our own life. We are seeking our own self-actualization and our own highest potential. So we feel alive. We feel like we are living a fulfilled life. We are not seeking validation and approval from others, and we are having strong, healthy boundaries. When you focus on getting your own needs met this way, you're not relying on other people to lift you up or approve of you. When you have a mate that does this as well, you are both come together as two complete individuals. People say a relationship is 50-50, and I totally disagree. I think a relationship is 100-100, where you bring your whole self to the table and you go all in. And when both parties do that, the relation experience is rich, rewarding, fulfilling, and very, very deeply connected. 
When two people come together that are healthy and whole, there's no fighting, there's no jealousy, there's no anger, there's no resentment because they speak up for what they want. They tell each other their feelings and they express their needs. This does mean that when you are responsible to get your needs met, if you need attention and quality time, then you must be willing to speak up and ask for it. You must use your voice to get your needs met. Now, getting your own needs met in a relationship doesn't mean you have no needs from your partner. It does mean that you are willing to say what it is you want, you're flexible, and you're willing to talk about it. I believe that learning to be selfish when it comes to creating your own dreams, goals, and life purpose is actually creating your self-love, your self-esteem, and your self-confidence. Women ask me every day what they need to create those three things, and I believe taking charge of your own future is the path to creating those things. And I want to break down what the difference of each of them is for you real quick. Self-love is putting your happiness and your needs first, and we can only receive as much love from others that we give ourselves. Right? So if you are shut down and closed off and guarded, you're not open to love. And I love pointing this out to people. Self-esteem is how you feel you measure up to others. Self-confidence is how you feel about your abilities and your strengths. Self-worth is how you value yourself. Focusing on yourself is not selfish. Okay, it's selfish, but selfish in a good way. And as you focus on yourself, you are really growing and building your self-awareness. And when two people in a relationship have this level of self-focus and self-awareness, they're not relying on each other to push them along. So let me give you an example. I have a business mentor, Stacey Bayman. She had her fiance on a recent podcast, and I love how he put it. She had goals that he called professional sports kind of money. And he would just say, yeah, that's great that you have those goals. But she didn't rely on him to believe that she could reach those goals. Even though she did every time, he was always amazed by her and celebrated her. But she didn't need him to be on board with her goals. She was responsible for her own belief in herself, and she didn't need him to have it so that she could feel good enough. She had that without him. Building self-awareness is part of the journey that I lovingly call the midlife awakening. I believe that women who go through divorce seek change They want a better life. They want to break free of the people-pleasing, and they start building this self-awareness. They become the seeker of truth, their truth. They seek to learn what is going to fill their soul and make them feel like they have a life of purpose. And this journey to your truest self begins with building this self-awareness. And I want you to ask yourself this. Do you always speak your truth? 
Or do you refrain from raising your hand or putting yourself out there or ruffling feathers and stepping on toes? Do you know what your truth is? I find a lot of women that simply say, I don't even know myself anymore. Ladies, there is an easy fix for this, and I'm going to give it to you straight. Turn off the noise. Stop filling all of your spare time with busy work and start tuning inward. Start journaling. Sit with yourself and think about all the things that you want. What do you like? What can you dream up for yourself for your future? And I find when I challenge people to do this in the beginning, a lot of them just say, I just want to be happy. But it's your responsibility to figure out what it is that you want for you. And if you decide to answer the questions with, I don't know, then you're just sitting in your own mediocrity and you're not willing to investigate your thinking any deeper. So I don't know is not a good answer ever. Decide to find out. Decide to learn what it is you want. Start somewhere. And if you need help, get a coach. When you don't know what you want and you don't even have really good goals for yourself, you're being stagnant in your life and it doesn't feel good. We are humans and we're meant to move forward. And when we stay stuck in discomfort, we tend to spin out in that insecurity and fear. You get to decide to move away from that. And if you need help, there are a million life coaches out there to choose from. I think this midlife awakening is why life coaching is currently one of the fastest growing industries. Even so, there's a lot of women that I talk to that feel like it's too selfish to invest in themselves in coaching. And one of my clients said it to me this way, Taking that leap and saying yes to coaching was my first breakthrough. It was the first time I ever really invested in myself. Yet I speak to so many women that cannot get over that barrier to put themselves first. They feel like it's selfish. (laughs) And if that's you, start this podcast over and listen to it again. I'm going to tell you, hell yes, it is selfish, and I give you permission, and I want you to give yourself permission to be selfish. It's exactly the fastest and cheapest way to build your self-esteem, your self-confidence, and your self-love. I personally have a coach, and I reinvest with coaching programs, and I get a ton of value every time. Okay, that's it for today's podcast, but if you want to stick around, I just wanted to take a moment to call out a few of my fans because they gave me a five-star rating on Apple Podcast, and I know that is super helpful for other women to help find me and find my podcast, so I'm super grateful. So I want to start with Diane. She says, at the time of my divorce, I was a stay-at-home mother of five kids who never supported herself. Two years post-divorce, I have a great job I love, started a master's degree, and I'm shopping for my own home. I'm able to set boundaries with my ex, maintain an amiable relationship as we raise our kids together. I feel more alive than I have in years. I look forward to my future. Julie's program works. 
I'm living my authentic life and I strive towards becoming my best self. And if you don't know anything about my program, I'm just going to drop a link in the show notes. You can go to thrivingthroughdivorce.com and check it out there. Okay, and one more. This one isn't a client, but Cheryl, she consumes all of my free material and she's always on my Facebook lives. Like she shows up. She's probably put it on her calendar. She says, I'm a Julie Danielson devotee. I found her Facebook group early in my separation from my husband of 15 years. I was in counseling already and what Julie offered free on Facebook and through podcast was very helpful and kept me moving forward and focusing on me. One of the first things that attracted to me is she wants a very positive environment for all of us to heal. No ex-bashing allowed. It is you being accountable for you. I love that. Thank you for being a part of my community, Cheryl. So awesome. All right, everyone, that's it for today. Thank you for being here. See you next week. Hey, Tribe Sister. Go download my free guide, Seven Steps to Love Your Life Despite Divorce, Coronavirus, and Life's Other Disasters. You can just go to thrivingthroughdivorce.com forward slash guide and grab it there, or you can go to the show notes and click on the link. You will also receive my blog-worthy emails nearly daily. See you next time.